entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Guys, we are here in San Antonio, Texas. It's going to go to the, I guess, I don't know if it's the first original battle that he's putting on or not. But so. um, got someone special for y'all here today. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at the Reggie Marcel. Um, he's an international designer for the Babeless Pro team. Uh, he also owns a um, studio in Arlington. It's called a One Touch Hair Studio. Um, and uh, we're going. We're going to be interviewing him today, kind of picking his brain about the industry and um, kind of talking about what it's like to uh, to work for Babeless. So, uh, what's going on, dude? What's up? How y'all doing? Good, yeah, good. So, uh, I guess first of all, just kind of you know introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, kind of what you do. All right, all right. Um, my name is the Reggie Marcel. Um, I am a international barber stylist uh, with Babeless Pro. I've been with Babeless for about uh, for about eight years. Um, I've been licensed as a, a barber stylist for going on 20 years. Um, but man, I love it, man. It's, it's something that, that, you know, I didn't see myself doing as a career. It turned out as a, a way of survival, of cutting my own hair, nice. and then it turned into uh, a career path that I wouldn't have traded for nothing. I, th- I mean, we both... Awesome. We're both the same way. I mean, we wouldn't do anything else now. I mean, we've both had several jobs through our our short lifespan, and it's uh, it's something that we definitely wouldn't ever do. How did you uh, how did you get hooked up with Babeless? You know what? Honestly, man, it was is one of those things of uh, being at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, and taking advantage of the opportunity that come before you. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, artistic director, um, Jose Perales. He, um, he actually was doing an event for his own um, salon at that time, which was Sure Steel Salon. Um, and his wife and my wife actually worked together um, as nurses. And oh, okay. they knew we both did hair, but we didn't know each other. Right. And then so <laughs> they, uh, they was like, well, my husband do hair, my husband do hair. And so uh, they invited us to come to one of the events. Uh, and me getting there, he... Um, he, he said, oh, you're a stylist? I was like, yes. And I told him about for how long. And he was like, well, hey, man, pick up a comb. Got some hairspray. Let's go. And he, and he, he put me to work, you know, right then. And uh, I was really, like, thrown because it was more uh, of uh, avant-garde styling, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was new to that. I really didn't do a whole lot of that. And so uh, for him to put me in like that, it really kind of drew interest to me. Um, so I told him, you know, hey, um, he let me know then, you know, that he was with Babeless and uh, which was Rusk, um, and I told him like, if any opportunities come available, I'm definitely interested in um, becoming a part of the team or learning a little bit more about it. Um, so I had to go through an uh, um, audition process. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was gonna be cool because me and him kind of hung out a little bit, mm-hmm. so I thought it was gonna be easy. But man, he put me through the ringer. Yeah, he put me through the ringer, and he was like. He, he tests me on you know my presentation skills, my ability to be able to talk in front of people, um, 
you know, my ability to be able to retain information um, and how I can um, connect with the audience. And it worked out. And the funny part is you guys will never know that I was like the most shy person in the world when it came to talking in front of people. I was nervous. I, mean, I couldn't talk for nothing, but now you give me an opportunity, I'm going to talk. <laughs> oh was, it, was it pretty nerve-wracking when you went to the, uh, to the audition? Like, were you nervous? It was, uh, yes, man. I didn't even sleep like because um, it was a two-day event. Um, when we first came in, they had us, uh, they just wanted to see how we, we connect with people. So they would put a couple uh, products out. It was a table full of stuff, and they would give us a couple things. We had to, uh, you know, tell who it was for, um, why they need it, and how to use it. So went through all of that, but I didn't know we were going to be tested on it the next day. So <laughs> I went home. I didn't go to sleep till about 3 o'clock in the morning, just re trying to retain all information. Um, and because the first presentation, I was actually the worst pre presenter. Um, but by the end of that training, I got an award for um, most improved uh, nice. design. Oh, nice. Because um, I was just really hard on myself about trying to, you know, give my best efforts at the time and getting rid of the jitters of being able to talk in front of people. Um, but like I say, now it's just, it comes second nature. Nice. Yeah, I talked to somebody who uh, auditioned for Rusk, and she was telling me about the process of how you have to take something like a pair of shears and be able to talk for an hour about yes. a shear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> an, yes. an hour? Yeah, an hour. And I was like, man, that's... I think I could do it, because I can talk to a wall for an right. hour easily. Right. But uh, I see where that could be intimidating to people, because... Not all people can talk to a crowd right. easily. Right. Get all nervous, sweaty. Yes, <laughs> yes. Especially, especially myself because a lot of times when we're on stage, you know, they have those big drop-down lights on you. And yeah. Just, I feel like I'm, I'm a fat boy cooking <laughs> <laughs> on the stage. Yes. No joke, man. Well, how did you, um, what made you start cutting hair in the first place? Like, when did you pick up first pair of clippers? Good question. Um, actually, uh, my first time picking up clippers, I was in middle school. Um, it was around my uh, sixth grade year. Um, and it started because I couldn't afford to go get a, a, an actual haircut. Mm -hmm. And the sad part was we had stylists <coughs> in my family who actually cut hair, but, you know, they would charge us to, right. you know, do it. And um, I was raised by my granny um, who was, you know, I think at that time in her 60s, late 60s. Um, and... Um, I needed to get a haircut, so I, I took my uh, money that I had earned from cutting some grass, and I went and bought a pair of clippers, um, and I, I drew a uh, shoestring around the top of my head and balled out everything underneath, <laughs> and then I just wishfully prayed that I got the line out. And uh, eventually, over time, man, it became uh, really easy for me to do, and I just kept doing it, you know, for me and my little brother. Um, and then it became that I was doing it kind of on the side for some of my friends, and it just kind of grew its own legs nice. from there. Heck yeah. So did you know whenever you were getting ready to graduate high school or whatever you chose to do, I mean, were you looking at working in other places, or did you know you wanted to be a barber? That's a good question as well. So, like, for myself, honestly, um, even though I did barbering, it was never um, something I thought I was going to do as a career. Like I said, it was more of a, a survival um, um, side thing that right. I was doing. 
Um, my goal when I graduated school was to go off to be a uh, lawyer, actually. I wanted right. to go off to college. I got accepted to Wally University, and um, but I fell in love, and you know, <laughs> life happened, and I didn't go off to school. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I was forced to try to find a good job, um, and I did um, you know, corporate America for a while. I was very good at what I did. Um, I was really good at collecting money from people. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Still are in a sense. Yeah, in a sense, yes. <laughs> so um, I, I did that um, for some years. Um, and then, um, you know, after a while, you just kind of feel like you need something different. You need a change, right. you know. Um, and then an incident happened on the job. And um, in the process of me going to school, because I was, again, going to do it on the side, kind of like I did through middle school, um, I just went to barber school and then it just, I realized after watching a lot of my peers, those who were in school, um, that the things that they were doing, you know, I was like, I could do that, you know? Um, for instance, um, there was a, a girl, she wanted, she braided, you know, she was really good at braiding, um, but she was not good at fading. And I was excellent at fading, so I taught her how to fade, she taught me how to braid. Um, there was a guy, uh, that we went to school with and he was really good at short hair and I was like man if he could do it I know I could do it and it just made it challenged me mm-hmm. to do it so that's how I became um, a, a barber stylist as far as being able to do men and women's hair not just staying with uh, traditional barbering right. well and I think I don't think what people realize that that aren't in this industry that we're in is how how we do get challenged because styles change constantly you know we're always it's like this is really an adapt or die kind of career you know if you don't don't adapt to you know what the times and the the styles you know you're not gonna be able to cut and you're not gonna make any money you know so we talk to a lot of people that uh i i know from talking to you you're gonna totally understand this a lot of these old school cats that are you know in these old barber shops charging eight ten dollars a haircut the reason why they're still doing those eight and ten dollar haircuts because they didn't adapt exactly. and learn these new cuts. Exactly. You have to stay current, exactly. relevant to make money. I think a lot of times they're also intimidated of change. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no doubt. They, they're used to what they've been doing and it works, so why change it? Type mentality. Um, but you know, a friend of mine, um, Jose, always said, "You either evolve or you'll be extinct," mm-hmm. and that is so true. You gotta you gotta move with the time. And as that time moves, you shift with it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and you grow from there. Um, and and the, it's so crazy because even the, the simplest thing can change, um, like enhancements. You know, enhancements was something that barbers didn't do back then, you know. Um, but now it's an added up charge and it's going to give them more life. You know, most people are like, well, then that means that you can't fade if you if you got to use all these enhancements. It doesn't right. necessarily mean that. Not from my perspective. I guess it just depends on how you look at it. For me, that's an added up charge, which is more, more money that I'm able to make, and it's giving that client more life out of that particular look versus just worried about the hair that grows back as soon as he goes to sleep the first <laughs> night. So... It just depends on how you look at it. But some barbers, they get a little intimidated and be like, oh, he's not really fading because he's adding this and adding that. Mm-hmm. But to each his own, you know. Yeah. Well, it's all about, I, how, it's all about how you want to make your money. Too, exactly. You know? It is. I mean, a lot of the, I'm not going to lie. Some, sometimes when you, when you use fibers on every single haircut, right. it irritates me. It does. <laughs> it does. It, does. it can. Now, I love 
doing like semi-permanent, especially in beards, because mm-hmm. it just it makes everything so defined and just super clean. I mean, your beard is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not on video. You can't see us, but uh, go check out his Instagram yeah, his and Instagram you will see it. See his beard. beard is on point, and he does it himself. <laughs> Thank I'm you, like, Thank that, you. that's the hardest thing for me to do. Is like, I guess because I get lazy with myself. Mm-hmm. When I do my own, I usually rock a goatee. Mm-hmm. But whenever I do my own, I usually just trim it up with the trimmers and hit it with the shaver and I'm done mm-hmm. because I don't have the patience to sit there in the mirror and get everything precise on myself. I love mm-hmm. doing other people because mm-hmm. I love getting, you know, leaning my canvas up and looking at them like, yes, yes like that's I what I did. <laughs> yeah. So you like myself, like a lot of times I'll, I'll complete a cut and the whole time I'm walking them out to the door, you know, saying bye, whatever. I'm looking the whole time. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm making sure that the fade is right, that the line is right. And um, I think that's kind of like how it works for myself. Um, even as being a stylist, you know, I don't have the luxury that female stylists have because a female stylist could rock a short haircut and their clients want that short haircut because that's what they have. Right. So for myself, I try to keep my beard and everything right because that's what's going to draw that particular type of client to come to me. Right. Be like, hey, man, who does your beard? Mm-hmm. Well, I do I do my own beard. Man, you do your own beard, then, you know, you can do mine. Um, do you have a card or do you, you know, have a, a um, scheduling? So a lot of times that's how I create conversation um, in and out of the airport and things of that nature. So um, I try to keep myself on point as much as possible. Yeah. I have my days, you know, sometimes when I don't, but for the most part. Yeah, that's the reason why. Well, I mean, we're 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 walking advertisements, is right. what we are. You know, yeah. right? That's and another reason we started this clothing brand. Right. Because when we, dude, I don't know how many times I've been wearing this. I go into a convenience store around our shop, and they're like, "Hey, man, you a barber?" I'm like, yes. "Yes, sir, I am." Here's yes. one of my cards. Yes. Man, I'm looking for a barber right now. Or, "Hey, man, I'm just gonna come by and check y'all out." Or, yes. Or they'll get on our Instagram. And they're like, "Man, y'all do good work." And you'll see them come in. Yes. And that damn shirt. Just made you money. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, and, and definitely you, you, uh, you're branding and rocking your own brand at the same time. And I think that's what's good. Any other time, we're rocking someone else's brand, you know? Right. So, right. you know, having your own apparel and everything like that, it, you know, that draws to you and just a part of who you are as as um, as an artist, you know? Well, and it, like you said, you know, he said even right around the corner, you know, and you know, I say we're barbers, where y'all at? And I'll say, well, we're right over here. And you know, it's like oh, I didn't even know y'all were there. You know, it's yeah. it's also you know drawing more people into the shop in general, which is what we want. You know, right. yep. so uh, being with Babel, you said six years, right? I've been with Babel it's eight years. Oh, eight going years, on, okay, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, how how much do you travel? Ooh, well, now I travel a lot compared to uh, before. Um, at first, I would travel maybe once every um, every month and a half. Um, now, uh, over the years, I'm pretty much out of the salon about two to three weekends, if not four, out of a month. Um, but majority of the time, you know, they give us our schedule like ahead of time. You know, when they send us a request if we want to come out um, or if we want to, you know, decline. But um, most of the time, I'm always accepting, you right. know what I mean, because that that's um, that's allowing me to see other sides of of um, you know the country that I've never seen, and allow me to add to what I already do. Right. Um, so most of the time, I do that, and then I just you know me doing online scheduling helped me out a lot as far as booking and being able to balance out a lot of 
my travel plus working in the salon because everything's already uploaded of you know what my travel days are going to be right. so my clients just kind of work with that right. which which i like because they don't have to call me and find out hey are you in the salon this weekend or not um everything that's already there so half of the time they don't know if i'm out of town or in town because right. they're just going based off of what they see man and then yeah. that online booking stuff it's, is it's awesome yeah yes. it's great. It's it, the best thing the, you know we still i'm sure there's still guys out there and we we have guys that come in they just refuse to go online and book like i, I have an older gentleman and he he always risk it you know and he's always been so lucky mm-hmm. every time he comes in for a cut I, I i seem to either have a cancellation or i'm ahead of schedule and i'm able to get him in but he's He's an older guy, and he just he won't like commit to the internet, and he won't get Are you on. Serious? And, and, no, he won't do it. Well, see, know? to me, online booking, having a booking system that somebody can go do themselves, you stay booked up. I mean, it's it's so much easier than someone texting you or calling you trying to find a spot for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to jack on my phone while I'm doing services. Right, I can literally sleep. And people are booking, booking appointments. appointments. Exactly. But this is how it came for me to be able to do it was um, I was doing the hair shows. And, when you know, while we're doing the shows, a lot of times we're on stage for hours at a time, you know, for an hour. And then we get off. By the time we get off, we're getting ready for the next, you know, um, stage time or the next area we have to go to. Because sometimes there's a main stage and sometimes there's a theater stage. Well, the problem was I couldn't answer the phone all the time. Mm-hmm. So I would have like. 10, 11 text messages and missed calls. And then once you go through the text messages, you don't remember who was what and right. who called when. Right. So people are like, hey, you know, Reg, I called you, man. You didn't call me back. Or I text you, you didn't text me back. And so I was like, I need something that cuts that part out, right. you know. Um, and scheduling did that for me. It allowed it to be where it, I was able to hold them accountable for the time that they set you know it wasn't that i'm trying to force them in the time they're able to pick their own timing and um in the process you know um i'm not having to deal with my phone constantly going off or if i'm on vacation i'm able to be on vacation i worry about this phone constantly ringing because Mm -hmm. clients are trying to find out if i'm in town or not so before i started using online booking uh my phone was constantly ringing and i I can't stand it i'm one that i'm I hate texting people all the time. Mm-hmm. I hate being on that damn phone. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and people have no shame. They'll call you in the middle of the damn night. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, I need a cut right now. Yes. Dude, I'm asleep. Yes. Or I'm tucking my kid in bed. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. They don't value your... I mean, sometimes, I'm not going to say all, but sometimes they don't value your time. No. Mm-hmm. Their time is, is considered to be more important than yours. And so online scheduling helped me with that because when I need that time for my family, for my kids, I can block that time off and be able to, you know, do what it is that I need to do. If I need to go out of town like this weekend, you know, I was able to block off my Saturday enough to the point where I didn't have to tell people, no, man, I'm going to be out of town or this, that, and the other. It's already just blocked off, and what's available, they just schedule accordingly. So it's the best decision I ever made, honestly. It, it, and, then, and, I'm, and I'll be honest, for some of the, you know, the barbers out, of there, out there you know, who think about it, um, there's some free, free uh, scheduling apps out there, and there are some that have a price. Yeah. Um, but you definitely have to get what works for you. Um, 
but don't don't be one that's not open for change because at first I was like, well, this is a free free one. I'm gonna use this free one. Right. And then when it came time to to pay, I didn't want to do it anymore. And mm. it was like, no, why? You know, that's a. I don't even think about it anymore. You know, whether it's thirty to you know forty bucks, and depending on how you do it, it could be you know thirty to eighty bucks, depending on the system. Um, but it's one of the best decisions, the freedom, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost like if you have a barber, um, that, um, perfect example. I have a client that just came back to me, uh, to get a haircut. Um, he's been going to another guy and he, he said my prices was a little too high is the mm-hmm. reason why he stopped coming. And I kind of apologize for like, well, I'm sorry, you know, that, you know, that's how you feel, but you know, that's kind of like just what my prices, you know, are, you right. know? Um, and I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. It's just really just kind of explaining because sometimes clients have the the, the idea that they can dictate your business. Right. And they can run your business and try to make you feel some mm-hmm. type of way about it. So my thing was, he wanted me to charge with the girl who was cutting his hair was charging. And she had only been cutting hair for two years. And when he said that, I was like, you kind of offended me a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like, well, why are you saying that? I said, well, well, listen, I've been cutting hair going on 20 years, mm-hmm. and you expect me to charge the same price that this young girl is charging that's been out of school two years. Our expertise level is on two different yeah. levels. Not saying that she might not be talented or great. Right. Yeah, but, but you've, you've earned your value. I've earned. I put the time in yeah. for it. Well, I think, I think what people need to understand is, especially if you're new to the industry, or even, you know, if you're not, you know, know your worth, you know, exactly. and, and don't let people, like you said, don't let people make you feel bad about what you charge because, mm-hmm. you know, if you can, if you're putting out the quality that they're paying for, you know, you can, you got to feel good about that, especially if they keep coming back, you know, they, exactly. they obviously don't mind paying what, what you're charging and. Right. Well, see, something uh, that happened to me whenever I was getting into barbering like when i when i started school and i was telling guys at work that i was about to you know venture out on my own there's a guy saying you ain't gonna make no damn money being a barber yeah and i said i said well you might be surprised they're like what you charge eight dollars for a haircut you're gonna do how many haircuts you do a day i said i'm not charging eight dollars right so mine start 25 who the hell is gonna pay 25 dollars for a haircut see i said well not you look all that damn neck hair you got going on (laughs) (laughs) get your haircut by me you ain't gonna have it (laughs) it's it's one of them you get what you pay for Mm -hmm. type situations you know and so when he came he came back this past week the first thing i told him was um well he was surprised that i was ready for him when he came to the door he didn't have a line um i'm like there are so many key things, key components that make my prices be what they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My time is one of them. I don't play with time. I'm, I like to be on time, and I don't. And, and I want to give you the best service possible. Yep. So even with the products that I use, <coughs> I try to use the best products. Um, yeah, I did that in sync. <laughs> I try to use. I, the, <laughs> I try to use the, uh, the 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 best best products possible, um, and I try to make sure that I'm giving them really good quality service. And so he was really surprised at the fact that you know, if for one, I don't rush on my cuts. You know, uh, I my scheduling time is um, 45 minutes. You know, per haircut. Now, can I get a cut out in 25, maybe 30 minutes? Yes. But that 45 allows me to do everything that I need to do mm-hmm. within that time frame and be ready for the next person 
that comes through the door. Right. Um, and that makes the difference. And there's not five people in front of you that you're having to wait for. When when your time comes, I like, uh, and I give a 15 minute window. Oh so, man, see that's that's a lot more generous than we even do. Yeah, yeah. I mean we, we five eight or it's five or eight. Well, we started somewhere. off with eight. But it's more five. If somebody yeah. comes in five minutes late, I tell the receptionist, hey, I'm going to back. Tell them they're late. Reschedule. Right. So Because I don't want to rush. True. Now, and now granted, my, my rule is I have a 15-minute window. And that 15-minute window, uh, I gave it to them allowed for traffic because mm-hmm. I'm in Arlington. Yeah. So in that area, it's kind of a neutral spot from all over from 360. So a lot of times traffic can be a bit much. But if you pass that time, then a lot of times out of 10, you owe me for being late and mm-hmm. then you're going to be rescheduled so that's what we're about to do yeah we're, we're about to do that as well uh, well not for the lateness for we have it's really like we have a problem with uh like no call no show oh like so the, I, the, I i charge for that too that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we're fixing to start doing because yes you know it's and it's not like i don't even mind if you call 10 minutes <clears> for the haircut <throat> and cancel you know that's one thing because we're we're a busy enough shop now like someone's gonna be able to step right in and take that spot but when you just completely you know ignore the fact because the the scheduling appointments that we go through the booking that we go through it texts you when it when you make the appointment Mm -hmm. it texts you the day of and then Mm -hmm. it texts you an hour before so you don't have an excuse to to not at least call and say i'm hey i'm not gonna be there but they they do like yes. they they just they just won't show up. What booking system do you use? I actually use Style Seat. Um, I've been using Style Seat since um, see it's been about four years now. Um, what I love is it for one it's evolved a whole lot. You know, there's a lot of different ones out there. Um, but this one I liked it because for one at the time I was one of like the gentleman I, I didn't want to get on this social media yeah. or electronic type mm-hmm. thing but i know i needed it um and at the same time i wanted it to be something that was easier for the client to be able to um be able to schedule through as well right um but i love it because it does the same thing it's it sends a reminder um of their appointment it thanks them for coming mm-hmm. it sends them a reminder to make their next appointment mm-hmm. um and you know that works great for me because a lot of the back end work is done already. Um, but when it comes to the no shows, and that's what made me also do it too, because through Stasi it lets you adjust, um, you know, what you want your your uh, leniency to be. On mine's, it's it's set at if if you no call no show me, you owe me a hundred percent of whatever your service was. Um, if you if you uh, cancel without a 24-hour notice, you have to pay half of whatever your service was. And what that did was it made my clients respect my time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and because my dad was like, well, son, do you think you're going to run all your clients away if you do that? And I said, no, sir. I said, because all they have to do is abide by the rule. If you abide by the rule, you don't owe anything. Well, it's, not, and it's not something I'm charging every time they come. And, you know, if, they, if that's... If that's gonna run a client off, that's probably not a client. Kind that I want to keep him. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. didn't need him. Uh, uh, Shane Nesbitt told me. You know, who Shane Nesbitt is. He's a barber out of California. I've heard that name before. He's a big time guy with and uppercuts and oh, stuff yes, like yes, that. Oh yes, 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 yes. He told me, if you have a client that bitches about your price, or say you 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 know you decide it's time for you to start charging more. You know, you're going to have some clients leave, he said. But all the one, he said, 
90 percent of your clients are going to return yes. because they're going to go somewhere else where it's Realize cheaper the difference yes. they're going to get a haircut it's not going to be the same and they're going to be like damn i'm, I'm going to go pay for that quality yes mm-hmm. and then they really realize what you're worth yes they're like damn you know i don't blame them yes and another thing too that i do um which is cool is i'm real good and, and i think me being a part of baby has helped me out with that is i'm really good with explaining what i'm doing and why i'm doing it mm-hmm. a lot of times we just do things and we give away services not telling them why so when they go to the other place they don't really necessarily know the difference they just know it's a difference mm-hmm. yeah. so for me i like to tell them you know that i'm using this type of shampoo because it does this for your scalp mm-hmm. or i'm using this type of enhancement because it's going to do this for your hair um because at the end of the day, when they go to the next stylist and they realize, well, that stylist didn't do this, or Reggie used to give me this mm-hmm. when he used to come, then that's what sets me apart from them. And so, right. you know, I'm all about, you know, creating value within my, my, my craft and myself, but at the same time, giving the best value as well. <clears throat> so working with, <coughs> with Babeless, where's the, uh, where's the coolest place you've traveled so far? Man, I've been somewhere everywhere um my favorite places are really the smallest places the Mm -hmm. little smallest uh cities you know um glendale arizona believe it or not is like one of my favorite little cities to go to um and mainly because uh it's right there by their stadium um and they have like this uh shopping complex like it's an outlet it's the hotels it's restaurants everything's right there so i don't have to you know get a car or order a car to come or anything like that i can just walk wherever i want to go and i always go super crazy shopping as soon as i go there in the outlets um another good place that i like to go to is uh bellevue bellevue washington in seattle it's really small clean it's right by the mountains um and everything's kind of right there in in the little area um but yeah those are like my two little favorite little places to go to but i've been somewhere everywhere from new york and all over um have you been out of the country yet i haven't did my my uh international show the one that i was um going to do i didn't get a chance to actually do mm-hmm. um but that's my next and where is that usually at um, well, everywhere. Most of the time, um, you know, with us, because we're on both sides, from Canada all the way to um, Mexico, mm-hmm. um, Hong Kong, like pretty mm-hmm. much everywhere, um, Babeless is pretty much uh, <coughs> fluent. And we actually have a headquarters out in Hong Kong as well. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty cool. And you got, so you, you got, you got a couple of kids. You have a son, right? I have two girls. Oh, two girls. Yeah, okay. Two so, girls. so have you, uh, have you always cut their, like cut and style their hair for yeah, them? I have, yeah. Man. It's a, it's a chore because I'm the only guy in the house with right. three women. So I have my wife, which who, whose hair I do. And then my two daughters, I have an 18 and a 16 year old. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm always busy. <laughs> what did, uh, what did, do you think it would hurt your feelings if they're like, Dad, we want to go somewhere else for our hair? You know what? It wouldn't. No. Um, as long as I call the shots. <laughs> they're going to be like, so, they're going to be like those uh, clients that try to think they're going to leave and they'll be back though because they're going to, they're right. Gonna see, they're exactly. going to see. They're going to exactly. be like, man, dad does this. So like, I'm real particular, especially, you know, I'm real protective. I'll say that. I'm yeah. real protective about their hair because I do uh, take a lot of pride in, you know, the look that they they represent me as and I represent them as. Um, so, like, my daughter, she has hair that's, like, past her bra strap, and she's wanting all these crazy colors. And I'm like, you know, I want her to be – I try to compromise with her as much as possible. Okay, let me meet you somewhere in the middle, but we're not going here, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. I feel like if, if I just let her kind of go to someone else, um, 
she'll come back with something that I'll be like, okay, no. Like you just damaged all of that hair that I worked so hard to, to grow. You've damaged it, you know. But I do try to create a balance between them, though. But I don't think I necessarily be so offended. But then, um, in the end, you know, they would have to pay for it because I'm not paying for it. Right. <laughs> so if you're willing to give your money to someone else, you know, and and, and risk, you know, how the hair is going to come out, then right. You know, that's on you. That's funny, man. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, isn't it? Right. Yeah, hell, we're on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you have big plans in the future? I mean, do you have uh, more goals set as far as opening up new locations? Or? Yes, yes. Um, so, um, I'm glad you asked this. Good question. So one of the big announcements uh, for 2019 um, is that uh, One Touch Her Studios will be expanding um, services. My wife, I have brought her into the beauty industry now. She's, uh, she's a nurse right now, um, but she wants to um, go into the beauty industry and she's gonna be doing microblading and eyelash nice. extensions. Um, so we're actually going to extend the, um, the actual um, brand um, from One Touch. Um, into the One Touch Beauty Bar. That's going to be um, our second uh, venture. Um, and that's our short-term goal. Our long-term goal is um, we have a building that I plan to uh, inquire in the next three years. Um, the owner of the salon where I'm at now, um, she's going to retire soon. So once she retires, I'll be able to take over the full building. Um, and it's a really good place. Great um, co-workers who I've been working with for... Uh, I think the the newest, or my um, massage therapist, I've been with her for about two years. She's the newest, but everyone else, I've been with them six to uh, 11 years or more. So, you know, already having a good staff, um, you know, helps out a lot. And um, that's, that's the one thing. And then I'll be doing more hands-on um, classes for uh, the Reggie Marcel. Um, bridging the gap between barbering and stylists is uh, something that I'm, I'm going to be doing here within the next year, 2019. So I'll be doing a lot more hands-on, flying to different areas, um, just teaching stylists how to do more barbering and barbering how to do more styling. Um, that's that's my goal. Which I'm man, definitely interested in that. Man, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like it's like it's like okay. It, I mean, we we're a barber shop, and I had a guy come in yesterday with really long hair, and he still wanted to keep most of the length, and it was. I mean, I got through it as best I could, but, like, long hair is just really intimidating because, you know, the the school we went to, it wasn't really hands-on as far as, like, you know, showing us how to part, uh, which ways to part the hair to cut it, and um, we just didn't deal with long hair. You know, mm -hmm. we were, our, our, you know, our college was, you know, in the hood, and it was just a bunch of, like, skin fades and taper fades and, right. you know, shape-ups. Yeah, and, I learned how to cut straight hair on my own. Because you know, all I all I knew was coarse hair right. in school. Right. Same and, here. Um, I actually learned how to do more straight hair after I became an artist with Babyless Pro. I did right. more straight hair a lot of really? the time. A lot of the time, my clients was the same. You know, mm -hmm. from the side of town where I'm from, mostly everyone either rocked, you know, a taper fade or um, skin tight ball fade. Mm -hmm. um, then they had other technical names for different looks, but for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, that's what everybody you know had. And um, so the more um, I ventured out and realized that you know there were other 
looks other kind of what we talked about before you know evolve or be extinct right. i realized that there were other things that i was not even tapping into um and that made me want to you know brighten uh you know brought my um my desire for the actual uh type of cuts that i did and now you know i'm pretty fluent in a lot of the looks but i'm always taking classes you know even as an artist and a designer myself who teach people i'm always taking classes and investing in myself and that's what we um, that's what we that's what we try to promote we try to, to promote everybody. like on this podcast right now, you know go to these classes go to these hair shows yes. you know you never you learn a lot. ever stop learning never. The, and anyone who thinks they know it all i, I don't want to surround myself with that person exactly because you don't. No one knows it all. Right. There's somebody who's better than you at anything you do. Exactly. And somebody's going to put in more time mm-hmm. at, at, at it than you. Um, you just can't be afraid to, to move forward. You can't no. be afraid of failure, as we talked before. You know, sometimes you just got to venture out. I love failing. It means yeah. I'm learning. You know what? <laughs> you know what? That, 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 that's, that's so true. Um, the, the, the more you fail, the closer you get toward toward the success you know because you learn from the step before to not make that step again right yep. you know you have to fail first right yeah you, you're not gonna be great at something right off the bat hell when i started cutting hair i sucked and i i i, I thrived off that because i just wanted to get better mm-hmm. and every time i did something i would nitpick it um you, you should be your biggest critic always I, and you know what and, and and i am you know a lot of times you know my wife say babe you're being a little too hard on yourself but i'm like you know um, to me, me being hard on myself gets me in in the right place before I allow somebody to realize it, and then I'm hard on myself because somebody right. realized it. Right. See, and that's that's the thing. Like I don't. I mean, I I know I have those days. I have those days at the shop where I'm just I don't feel like I'm satisfied with the, kit, the cuts I'm putting out, even though other people say they look good and the client likes it. You know, it's just. I just have those days where I feel like I'm not satisfied with any of the cuts I'm putting out, you know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but, like you said, I think that just prepares us. And, like you said, it helps you realize it before somebody else does. Because then, then you have a problem when someone else realizes it, right. you know? Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I get too down and out. I, I, I criticize myself and everything I do. It drives me nuts. But I'm constantly learning. Exactly. Because because I am hard on myself. Right. Which I'm fine with that. <laughs> and, and I'm the same way. You know, even in my daily walk, you know, and, and, and how I carry myself as a man, how I carry myself as a husband and a father, you know, I'm really hard on myself and, and, and critiquing every move that I make because, to me, that's what makes me better for them, you know. Uh, and you have to do the same thing even when it comes to your clients. The more you critique yourself, the more you add value to you, the more valuable you are mm-hmm. to them. Um, and then you'll have those clients that won't go to anyone else. I have clients that travel. I'm talking four or five hours to come and see me to get their hair done. I have a lady, she moved to Houston, and she drives down to get her hair done. And it's simple as a relaxer, something that, you know, almost anybody can pull a relaxer out of a bucket um, or a tub and, and apply it. But because of the service, and she knows that she's going to get quality service, and, and I the use trust. the right tools, and the yeah. trust behind it, right. she comes right back. And she won't go to any, she won't even let anyone wash her hair in Houston. She'll wash it herself to get by until she comes back. Right. But that's, to me, loyalty, um, and it speaks volume on, on what it is that you add to uh, your, your client. You right. Know? And yeah. 
I've got a, I've got a few that that um, that drive in from Weatherford where I live, and that's forty five minutes, you know, out of the way just to get a haircut when they could easily get it somewhere else. Exactly. And so it makes you, I don't know, it makes it makes me feel good, you know, when they feel yeah. excellent, yeah. man. And you know, because I tell people all the time, you, you pass, I don't know how many salons and barbershops just to come to me, you know. Um, but that's another thing too, like. We say at the same time, you know, don't let your clients dictate you, but, you know, don't be a hard butt to the point where you're not seeing the value that your clients are giving you as well, you know, for coming because they could go somewhere else. Right. Yeah, and another thing we try to stress to new barbers is a lot of the times your clients aren't even paying for the cut. They're paying for the experience they have. Experience and the time. Yeah. 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 You know, if, if you treat someone the way you want to be treated – you cater to their needs. Yes. That that's all they want. Yep. I have a dude that comes to me and gets a cut every damn week and I think he only comes to get a cut just to hang out. Right. I think he just enjoys hanging out. Right. And but, sometimes you know, sometimes uh, it's not saying that person's lonely or anything, but no. just sometimes it's 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 just what they needed that at that time. You know, I I have a friend, um, you know, we hang out a lot and we we my other friends, we hung out. We hung out a lot, but he would always take me out to eat. You know, we'd be like, "Hey, let's go here." You know, and he would take us out to eat. But the time that we had was great. We always had a good, you know, a good time. You know, hanging out and things like that. Um, but after a while, I had to be like, "Okay, no, I got this. I got this bill." You know, because I want to make sure that I'm, you know, pulling my own weight. And sometimes it's kind of the same thing with our clients. You know, you're 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 giving them that experience. Um, and like you said, he comes and he just hangs out. You know. The, the communication that you have with him probably is the best communication that he had yeah. all week. You know? <clears throat> I tell people all the time, one thing I love is I get to make somebody feel good about who they are, um, regardless to if their husband or spouse didn't tell them that, hey, you, you look good today. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, I love the way your haircut is. You know, so I get to add that, that um, self-esteem back into them. Yeah, man. Um, and that's what, what I think you're doing when you say that experience that you're, you're giving him, even if he just comes every week, you know. Yeah. Hey, uh, I cut him what, not even a week before Thanksgiving. He's like, man, when's, when's the last day I'm going to be open? I said, well, we're going to be open up until uh, Wednesday, I believe it was. Well, he's like, I'm going to come in Wednesday. He's like, I don't even need to cut. But I just, I just want to get out of the house for a little bit. See? I'm like, shit, come on. Yeah, <laughs> come I love on it, with man. It. I love it. You Which know? I think that's, I don't know, like that's kind of a testament to the kind of shop that Ben runs. Because, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what you want in a barbershop. You know, you want to be able to just be able to hang out. Like that's, I mean, because back then that's that's how it was. You know, those those old school barbershops, people just hung out all exactly. day. You know? Go in there and play checkers yeah. and talk crap to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how it used to be. and. Um, to be able to like kind of bring that old school vibe back to our shop, I think is is what his goal was initially anyway. And so, um, it's cool to to kind of see that coming out. You know, we even have we have a shop dog and everything. You know, I think another uh, good part to that is uh, a little saying that I always say is I'm not necessarily trying to uh, build clients. I'm trying to build a relationship. Yep. Um, I feel like when you build relationships, people come back to you based on the relationship than they can over the service itself. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, the way you treat people, man, that that's an easy way to sell yourself. Easy. But I know we're super busy today, man. We don't want to hold you up too long. Yeah, so 
We uh, appreciate but, it for sure. Yeah, man. Hey, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Man, I've enjoyed it. You're an awesome it, dude. And uh, you can go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you on Instagram. Again, um, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been a great experience. Uh, I do go by the Reggie Marcel, and you can find me on Instagram and all my social media handles at uh, the or the, as some people say. So T H E Reggie R E G G I E Marcel M A R C E L. Awesome, man. Hey, been a pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, man. You're a cool dude, man. <laughs> I appreciate Looking forward it. to uh, learning and uh, getting to know you more, man. Yeah, you definitely will, you know, especially now that um, I'm, I'm, I'm close to you guys. I'll actually be able to see you guys a lot more often and uh, look forward to doing some more podcasts. With well, you. Yeah, hey, we didn't great. even, you know, it's weird. Like, we don't realize the the people that live just in our area yeah, that, are, exactly. that are, like, we had no idea that... Uh, Who's the guy that came and did our class? Um, John Mosley. John Mosley. We didn't have any idea he even lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. He's a big-time guy with Hanzo Shears, you know. Yes. So it's we got to we really want to take advantage of the people that that live right here, even in the area and in Texas, and and get to know you guys and interview you guys and stuff. And uh, this man right over here, the, the fat one that's drinking beer, he uh, he helps out a lot. With that, so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, well, guys, uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Um, and uh, we will see y'all next time.